You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church Weekly Podcast. Let's connect back in with Jesus. I know with everything and the announcements and the like, go, 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 and we've got schedule, I felt Jesus just say, hey, pull back and connect back in with me. Let's look at Jesus, just even whatever that looks like for you, like close your eyes, connect in. I do come always ready with lots to say. And today might look like me being interrupted by Jesus. And so... I'm saying that up front so, so that you know. But Jesus, just say his name. You know, that's not just a song. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. We just speak your name, Jesus. Just Jesus. Nothing else. Nothing added. Just Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. We love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. We don't play games in this place. We come because Jesus is who he says he is. And he's here. You know what? He says, where two or more are gathered in my name. Why is that? You know, when I pray on my own, Jesus is there. It always baffled me. When two or more are gathered in my name, Jesus says, I'm there. I'm there in the midst, in the middle of them. And yet when we're alone, he's there. Why did he say that? There's something about Jesus in our togetherness. There's something of the expression of the reality of Jesus that comes when we're together that cannot happen when we're alone. And so we're together today. We're together today. And Jesus is here. Jesus is here right now. And as we were were just worshiping and I was just looking at where he was, I saw him walking among the seats and the rows. Jesus, he's not a religion. He's not far away. He's a living reality that is here right now. And Jesus was walking in and out of the seats, looking for hearts that were turning to him, that were connecting to him, that were yearning for him, maybe for more, maybe for more than you've had before, maybe for healing. You might be sitting here and you're sick in your body, Jesus, the healer, is walking around. Jesus, the one who is hope himself, is here right now, walking, looking, and he's looking where he could stop, and he wants to touch you today. I'm just a person. I just have words, and I do old school, look, notes written on paper, lots of them, but Jesus is king. Jesus is healer. Jesus is saviour. Jesus is hope. Jesus is freedom. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the answer to every question you have. He's here right now. He's here right now. Ah, Jesus. 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 I I also had um, a picture, and there's not much to it other than I saw a door opened, and it was on this side, and I felt like maybe there's someone on this side, at least one person or, or two. You've been looking for answers, and you've been wondering what door you need to walk through. And Jesus, I see this door that's open, and there's, it's like it's light. I don't see what's beyond it, other than the fact that Jesus says, trust me, I've opened the door. You're looking for confirmation. I don't know if that's it's someone on this side, if that sounds right, then you can give me a wave, but... The door is open. 
And it's unknown, so it's scary. But Jesus is saying, I've opened the door. Will you take that chance and step in and step through? He'll make it very clear the moment you step across and into. He's there, and he'll make it very clear. On this side, I saw like a, a, a cloud, and it was gray, and I know it represents depression, and there's someone, at least someone, who's been battling. You've been battling darkness. You've been battling heaviness. You've been battling like just oppression. It's like oppression. It's, it's there. You try to run, and it's like this cloud follows. You can't get away. Jesus reveals to heal, and this morning, he's saying, I want to set you free. I've come to set you free. The name of Jesus breaks depression. The name of Jesus breaks through that darkness. And I want to pray right now. And, and I'm not going to put, say, put your hand up. I'm just going to say, if that's you, Jesus knows. Remember, he's walking and he's looking for the heart that says, that's me, Jesus. You know that's me. He's going to come and he's going to lay hands on you. But for the rest of us, can you just join me and pray? And if you're on this side of the auditorium and you struggle with that, this is for you as well. It's okay. You can take it and say, don't pass me by, Jesus. Don't pass me by. Right now, Jesus, we agree with heaven. We agree with all of heaven that says Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer against depression. And so right now, where there has been the cloud of oppression and depression, I come against that. And I say, get off get off, be dispersed and get off in the name of Jesus. I speak freedom. I'm joining with heaven right now. We're joining our faith with heaven and we speak freedom, depression, go. Be broken in the name of Jesus by the name and the blood of the one who paid the price. Be broken and right now we say be released into freedom, be released into joy. And I declare no more, a cutting off of that cloud that follows you, a cutting off of and I pray that the sun would rise, the sun would rise, that hope this morning would be restored. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 I just want to speak the name of Jesus. I just want to follow him. We are doing a series at the moment. And like I said, I might be interrupted again. Are you okay with that? Okay. <clears throat> called the Resi We're doing a series called The Resilience Project. And it's all about enduring faith, holding on. What do we do when times are tough? What do we do when, when things come against us? What do we do when things aren't always good and rosy and, you know, my money's in the bank, like the bank's full and I'm, my body's well? Like, what do we do? What do we do? Because God is growing us up. He's growing us up into a church that is not shallow in its faith, that isn't dependent on external circumstances, but has learned to go very deep, deep in God with roots that are so deep that no matter what comes against the storms of life, because they will and they do, we will stand firm. Yeah, we might sway. Yeah, it feels uncomfortable. Yes, it's scary and unknown. But our roots have gone so deep in the dark secret place with Jesus that we will still stand. We found somewhere deep down, deep down, deep into the heart of the Father that nourishes us and sustains us. You know, sometimes trees, they stand and there's drought and there's just no external thing that, that, that would say they should. Like they're not nourished, they're not looked after, they're not watered on, like the rain, and yet somehow they stand is because they have roots that have gone deep, deep, deep. 
and have found in the depths of God, the depths of the Father, the depths of the Spirit and the Son, a place where they can be nourished and they can stand strong no matter what, no matter what. This is what we're talking about today. Um, in the last few preachers in the series, we talked about enduring faith and, and three things I, I remembered stood out from, a, a might have been Paul's preach or a mix of the preachers, but three things um, to see enduring faith happen. Um, Number one, anchored in Jesus. Number two, we will be tested. And number three, it's worked together. It's worked together. There is something about the together. Um, Geordie and Carla and some of the young adults went on a camp recently, and he came back and told me a story, and I'll probably get a little bit wrong, but of the trees that were planted in this forest or in this area they were staying in. They were really beautiful, really big, really majestic, really just, it was full, wasn't it? It was just gorgeous. I saw little snapshots. And George said they were planted there intentionally. Is that right? Like it once didn't have, yeah. They were planted there intentionally and and. The thing about those trees, apparently, is their roots go so deep. And then the beautiful, this is the thing. Yes, they go deep, but they they connect. They intertwine under the ground. The roots are connected, like I'm in it. Like they're connected with one another so that they stand. They withstand the storms, the fires. There's something about the strength in going deep but going deep together. And that's what we want to see happen That's what enduring faith does. We cannot do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. We need one another. We need to be interconnected in the deep places of God. Why do we make time in worship? Why do we do more nights? Together, we want to encounter him because that's where our roots go deep and we intertwine so that we become one. And a church that is one is a force to be reckoned with. Okay, I'll go to my notes. Amen. Thank you. Jesus, you're amazing. All right, let's go to, um, I think we've got it up. Yes, keep running. You know, the, um, if I had to put a title, this is what I put, keep running today. Keep running. This is my title for the preach. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, we're going to just jump into scripture. And I'm going to just basically camp on these and do some other little ones, but these, this scripture. Therefore, okay, I'm going to pause there. Therefore, therefore, Hebrews 12, Hebrews 11 comes before Hebrews 12. That's, wow, amazing. <laughs> Hebrews 11 is, is, for those who know, you'll know this, but for those who don't know the Bible, in Hebrews 11, it talks about the heroes, I call them the heroes of the faith. People that did amazing things for God, but very, very normal people who did exploits for Jesus, right? Well, for God. They're amazing. It was Abraham, Sarah, Moses, um, Rahab. I love Rahab. She was a prostitute. She's in the hall of fame, like just Hebrews 11. Rahab was used um, right where she was. See, I love this about these people because they were very normal, very, very, very normal people, just like you and me, with a very supernatural, extraordinary God. And God looked at them in terms of their faith. Not in terms of their past, not in terms of their sin, not in terms of what they've done, but in terms of their faith. And he put them in Hebrews 11. Okay, so fast forward, Hebrews 12. Therefore, therefore, since we are surrounded by this so great a cloud of witness or witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness. 
stripping off every unnecessary weight and sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. Looking away. I'm going to read a little bit more. Looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter. Some versions say finisher. The author and finisher of our faith. I'm going to stop reading there. You can read the rest in your own time. It's brilliant. It's amazing. You want to stir up your faith? Read these scriptures in Hebrews. Wow. Let us run this race. Let us run this race, as we said, and as we know, the world is not an easy place. It's not a, a wonderful, all rosy place all the time. The world is a place that is very broken. It's broken. And it doesn't take a prophet, it doesn't take a genius to look around and see that. Actually, some of us have brokenness in our lives. Some of us are going through things in our lives. But yet there's the bigger issue as well. There's, you know, problems with climate going out of control. There's problems with, I mean, COVID we've just come out of. There'll be more things like that. There's homelessness. There's loneliness. There's uh, epidemics of, of, of suicide. Like, it's, it's a broken place. It's a very broken place. Not what God intended. Not the way God made it. He made a world of love and in love because he is love. And sin threw us into brokenness. Sin is anything from lying to murder. And the only way out of brokenness is Jesus. He's the only way. He's the only way. He's the only way. He's the only answer. You could try anything and everything. You'll just stay in brokenness. So Jesus is the answer for us and Jesus is the answer for the world. So how do we be a church, a people who endure, who stand firm, who stay steadfast, who will look at Jesus no matter what is happening around us, no matter what is coming against us? How do we do this? Let's just unpack this a little bit. We want to be a people that run. Yeah, I just saw my notes. I scribbled something. The Holy Spirit just reminded me. He said, I don't want my church to be a people that live or run by just, you know, on the skin of their teeth, by the skin of their teeth. Like, frantic, helpless, feeling hopeless, feeling swept up in what everyone else is going through and, and, and forgetting that we have answers. He doesn't want us to just survive. He wants us to have a faith that thrives. And a faith that thrives isn't dependent on things going well around us. So my number one point is see Jesus. I think it'll come up. See Jesus. How do we do this? How do we have faith that endures, that keeps going, that doesn't stop? You know, resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. It's the ability to spring back into shape. It's having elasticity. Old sort of those rubber bands, you know, if they're frozen or they're really old, they, they become funny and they can break, they snap. God doesn't want that. I feel like some, someone's faith here, you feel like you're at the point where you might snap. You once had that elasticity and now you feel just stretched and it hurts and any more stretching, I'm going to snap. And Jesus is saying, today I want to restore you 
back to the place of elasticity, where you will have a resilience that cannot be broken. See Jesus. That's number one. How do we do this? We see Jesus. We want to see Jesus. We need to see Jesus. Matt kept saying that last week. Where is Jesus? See, faith isn't a currency, he said. It's relationship. It's relational. It's not transactional. It's, relation, it's relationship. So when I go through the good times, when I go through the bad times, where's Jesus? Where are you, Jesus? Where are you, Jesus? Where's Jesus? We need to see him. Peace is found in Jesus. Joy is found in Jesus. Hope is found in Jesus. Life is found in Jesus. Truth is found in Jesus. It really is. It's all wrapped up in Jesus. There is no other answer. That's simple. I could probably sit down and, and leave you with that. There's nothing and no one else except Jesus. All of us go through trials and sorrows. We said that. Not one can bypass it. Not one of us. I wish we could, but not one of us will bypass. So what do we do and where do we go? John 16, 33. I'm reading the, actually the NLT will come up. Olaf read it this morning in the Amplified and I loved it. Jesus, this is Jesus speaking. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and many sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. The Amplified says, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have perfect peace. There's a peace that the world offers. It's not perfect. There's a peace that the world offers that sounds good might even feel good for a bit, but it's not peace in Jesus and it will fail. It is counterfeit. In the world, you will have tribulation and distress and suffering, but be courageous, be confident, be undaunted and be filled with joy. If the Bible says it, then there's a, there's a way to do this. It's not just words in a book, like, like this, there's a way for this to happen. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished, my victory abiding. Yeah, Jesus, come on. There's an invitation to find peace in Jesus. He doesn't just bring peace. He is peace. He is the prince of peace. If you need peace and your world is in turmoil right now, remember, Jesus is walking. Jesus is here. Let the cry of your heart say, Jesus, would you come by me and stop right now? Would you take me right now? Would you take my heart? Would you calm the swirl and the, the confusion right now? I need a fresh encounter with you, Jesus. It's in the trials and sorrows we have a choice to see where Jesus is and take hold of Jesus. We're confronted in those times, that's why. We're, we're so confronted with our frailty, with our, with our humanity with our, our brokenness and how far we seem to be. And it's in those places, there's, a, there's, there's an invitation where Jesus says, draw near and I'll come near. Why do you run the other way? Come close. I wanna come close. I want you to know me. I want you to know that I am peace. I am provider. I am healer in the middle of your pain. He's not far. He's not far away. There's a lot of things that we like to medicate ourselves on. We, we medicate ourselves. Did you know that? Now, some people do drugs and are, are breaking through and breaking free from that. 
but there's drugs, there's alcohol, yes, there's sex, there's porn, there's those extreme kind of what we would think extreme, but very normal in the world things. Like, let me tell you, it's very normal. There's that. But then there's things like, like careers and going after money. And these things are not bad, but we can be driven to be our provider for ourselves. We can be driven to find our fulfillment and satisfaction and identity in some of these things. How much money's in the bank? What's my position in my job? Um, what about my health? I mean, being healthy is a great thing, but it can become fanatical to the point that I get all of my, my um, yeah, validation and worth in how I nourish and look in terms of my body. What about our phones and our social media? Like good things, fun things, but they become something when we're bored, when we're tired, when we're angry, when we're, we, what do we turn to? What do you turn to in those moments? And for many of us, the phone is right there and we just flick and we just flick and we flick. Before you know it, minutes, minutes go past, mindless, endlessness of, of just information overload of people's lives or so-called lives and and. We're wasting time, but we're making a space in our hearts and lives to be filled with something other than Jesus. I've been guilty. I've done it. I've done it too. The Holy Spirit said this to me. We, you, you guys, you've, been, you've become experts at numbing yourselves. We are, we are a society and a generation that have become probably the most numb than ever before. We've numbed our minds. We don't know how to sit and just be. Like, like the world, doctors and psychologists are saying that it's, it's, it's actually frightening and it's, it's very unhelpful for us and unhealthy for us to not be bored. But we have a whole generation of kids who do not know what that feels like to be bored. And we've easily, at, even at my age, have slipped into that. I can't wait somewhere without getting out my phone and filling my mind. Flick, 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 flick. We don't know how to rest. We don't know how to just be. We don't know how to turn to Jesus and find comfort. So, so then we're thinking, well, why don't I hear God? Where is he? I don't hear him. I don't hear his voice. No, because we've filled ourselves. We've numbed our senses with the world's stuff, just stuff. It's like bombardment of information. What did you say, Steve? Yeah. When, you, when you're numb, you feel nothing. That's right. You begin to feel nothing. And you know what? People with leprosy, you're so right. Um, that's what happens. They begin to lose sensation in their limbs, like in their fingers, their nose, like all the out their toes. And they actually end up, I mean, they could burn them. They lose their limb, like they lose their, their appendages and their, because they have no feeling. There's no sensation. What if we're a church who are losing? We're losing our feelings, our sensations, we're losing, we're dropping, you know, the, the sense of smell in our fingers and our touch and our toes and our effectiveness is, is actually, um, what's the, our effectiveness is diminished. Like we, we're not as effective because we've become numb. We're numb to his voice. We're numb. Yeah, I can sing the songs. I just want to speak the name of Jesus, but I feel nothing. Why? There's a numbness. And some of that is by choice that you've partnered and some of it has then 
because of, of, of the spirit of the world. There's a demonic spirit behind it. Why would, why would the enemy want you alert and alive and your senses fully awakened? Why? Why? I mean, imagine a church that is so alive to Jesus in every way possible. An unstoppable church that would be. And yet we're numb. We let things come at us and we think, eh, what used to maybe hurt our hearts, now we're like, that's all right. We excuse it. We're numb. We're numb to him. Another thing that happens is distraction. That came up in that verse. Put off every distraction. Now, for some of you, you're sitting here going, no, my life's awesome. I'm doing really well. It's great. There's no, I'm not suffering. I'm not struggling. Yeah, I know. Maybe I will, and I have, but at the moment, it's good. I'm, I'm happy. That's amazing. But when you're in that place, it is actually a really dangerous place in terms of numbness for one, but distraction. You don't need Jesus as much. It's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, hi Jesus. Yep, I do a quick pray when I drive to work. Yep, I pray when I'm at church. And there's no depth to the relationship. You have no heart or feeling in terms of the, the, the relationship you have with Jesus. You lose your first love. You lose your first love. Some of us have lost our first love. And Jesus in the book of Revelation says, come back, I have this against you. See, he's coming back for a church that is a first love church. We must put that as our priority. We must lock eyes with Jesus. We must see him and fall in love with him daily. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. If you don't feel anything anymore, ask him to come. Ask him to come and to love you back to life. He will do it. He's committed to us. He's beautiful. Eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I'm going to skip a whole heap there. Where's our focus? Jesus in six, John 16, 33, he says, you know, remember that scripture I read, you'll have trials, tribulations, but fear not. I have overcome the world. Fear not. In this version, it says, um, take heart, take heart. But other versions say, fear not, fear not. There's a lot of fear going around in a lot of circles at the moment. Fear not. I want to declare fear not. If you have your hope, your eyes fixed on Jesus, then fear not. Fear not. Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on water. We know this. Most of us know this story. He walked on water. Why? Not because he could, because he locked eyes with Jesus. And Jesus said, come. And this morning, Jesus is saying, lock eyes with me and come. Lock eyes with me and step out of the boat, your boat, your life, your situation. Step out. Yes, there's water. Yes, in the natural, you may sink. Lock eyes with me and come. Will you lock eyes with me and come? And Peter came. He walked on water. And it was only in the moment he shifted his gaze and realized what he was doing and the, the, the waves that were all around him that he sank and beautiful Jesus was still there. He didn't walk away and said, you failed. He said, come. And he lifted him up. They must have walked back onto the boat. They got back to the boat. Lock eyes with Jesus. Okay. When you're in the darkest night of your soul, look for Jesus. He isn't far. He isn't far. He promises to be near to the brokenhearted. He's so near. He's so near. He's not scared of your questions and he's not scared of your doubt. But let me say this, let those questions and doubts lead you to Jesus. Let them lead you to Jesus. Which goes to my second point, touch Jesus. 
So how do we have faith that endures? These are just some things that I felt. See Jesus. Number two, to touch Jesus. You know, when Jesus died, the disciples were shattered. Like they were absolutely devastated. They had no idea. They didn't quite get that he was going to rise again yet. And so they, they scattered. They were afraid. They didn't know what was next. They were in pain. And then suddenly rumors began to circulate. Jesus is alive. Some of the disciples Jesus had, had begun to meet with, you know, and, and some of the women, and they were bringing back stories. And it's like, what? Jesus is alive? And there was one disciple in particular by the name of Thomas who, who couldn't believe it. He's like, no, nah, I, I just can't believe. Unless I see it for myself, I can't believe. I can't believe that Jesus has risen. Nah. And what did Jesus do with that? He, he walked into his very room, Thomas's room, and he presented himself to Thomas and he stretched out his hand and he said, touch me, touch me. Thomas touched. In the middle of the dismay, the confusion, the questions, the fear, Jesus met Thomas in his doubt. He met him with his, in those questions. He met him in his unbelief because that's what it was. Jesus stepped in and said, touch me. The moment Thomas touched him, he dropped to his knees and he said, my Lord and my God, my Lord and my God, this morning, some of you are wrestling with questions of, is this Jesus really real? Some of you have walked with him for a while and you're like, I don't know if I can keep on believing. I've got doubts and I'm confused. This morning, Jesus is saying, I want to step through your wall, through the wall of unbelief, and I'm going to present myself to you and all you have to do is touch me, touch me, reach out and touch me. And it's in the encounter with Jesus that you'll have a conviction that he is your Lord and your God. And you will never doubt again. You will never doubt again. Jesus is inviting you to touch him. Oh, let's speed this up. Let's speed this up. <laughs> let's go to number three. Keep running. So see Jesus, touch Jesus keep running. And I love the theme this morning was run with fire, run with fire, but keep going, keep going. I want to encourage some of you. You feel like giving up. You feel like you've had enough. You're tired. You're tired. And Jesus so lovingly is saying, look at me and keep running. Get up and keep running. Why did you give up on your race? Get back Get back on track. Keep running. How do we run? We run with fire. Holy Spirit comes and he enables and he empowers and we get to do it with him. When you feel like you can't do this anymore, one of the best things you can say is help. Holy Spirit, help. And he'll be there. He'll come and he'll empower you to run. But we have to keep running. Will things come against you? Yes. Jesus said it. Trials come, sorrow, great sorrow comes. And does it hurt? Yes. Some of us went to a funeral for a friend on, on Friday. And all the way driving there, I'm like, Jesus, this literally, this sucks. Like, it, it's awful. Why? 
why this beautiful friend contending for healing, so much faith, so much faith. Yes, she's with Jesus celebrating now in the best place possible, but we're going after the more. We're going after all that Jesus said we can do. And so in this world, we wrestle with the why. We wrestle with the mystery, but the best place to go is to him. Ask him and then keep going, keep running, keep living on mission. You know, with two years of COVID and lockdowns and not lockdowns and pain and confusion and fear and and just the nightmare that seemed to hit the world and some places had it a lot worse than us, let me tell you, it was devastating we fought as a church, like as, as a leadership, to keep it intentionally and ruthlessly about Jesus and the mission he's called us to. Not for one minute did we want to stop and give in and stop and have a rest or stop and reassess. Yes, we prayed together and we asked Holy Spirit and we, we invited his wisdom, but we kept going. Keep running. The mission doesn't change. The mission doesn't stop. He doesn't say, oh, yep, you're going through a tough time. Um, just, just take it easy. Put your feet up. He says, keep going. I'll be with you. Find your peace in me. Anchor your hope in me. But keep going. Keep going. Even in your pain, even in your limitations, even in your struggle. Why? Because we started with, therefore, since we are surrounded with this great cloud of witnesses, Why do we keep going? Because we're not our own. Because we're connected to a body. And if you stop, it affects the whole. It affects those out there who don't know Jesus. There's a people dying, dying, going to hell out there that need Jesus. It's not about me and my comfort. It's not about me not feeling it. What does Jesus feel? What did Jesus say? What I feel sometimes is irrelevant. I don't feel it. I just don't feel it. It doesn't matter. What does Jesus feel? Go and do it. Run after with with everything you have. Holy Spirit, yes, I'm being real. Holy Spirit, I don't feel it. But it's not about me. You know what? If you're in Christ, you've been bought with a price. You don't belong to you. You don't get to make those calls anymore. And so, Holy Spirit, help. That's my biggest prayer. More, Lord, and help. Holy Spirit, help. I don't feel it, but help me. Help me. And he does. He comes and he does. He's amazing. He's so good. He's so good. He's actually better. In Genesis, there's, I'll just um, really just go over this super quickly. Paraphrase. Joseph. There's a man named Joseph. And he was a young man. He was 17 and he had a dream. He had some dreams that were amazing of this big calling on his life. And his brothers were jealous of him. Anyway, when they hear this dream, they they like, we've got to get rid of him. And his own brothers sell him into slavery. His own brothers betrayed. Are you betrayed by your brothers or sisters this morning? It's real. The pain is real. We gloss over it and we think, oh, like, This is what happened in the story. Do we really know what he felt? I don't know, but I can imagine the pain. Actually, later on, it shows us how painful it was because it says he wept bitterly and loudly. He wept bitterly and loudly. This is a lot later. He he, he had a life of pain. So Joseph gets gets, um, sold into slavery. Then he gets falsely accused. He's doing all the right things and gets falsely accused. 
Have you been slandered and falsely accused? This morning, Jesus wants to bring healing to you. He actually wants to redeem that for you. And he wants to change the narrative if you'll let him, if you'll let that go and let him. Joseph, and then he's thrown in prison and he's forgotten there, like literally forgotten. I visited a couple of prisons in the Philippines. They're not nice places. This would have been even worse, I think. They're not nice places. They're not like prisons here. And here is not great either. But they're not even like here. There's no comforts. He was thrown in there, literally forgotten. Joseph, in his moment, in the darkness of that prison, had no idea if he'd ever see his dreams fulfilled. No idea. We know the story, so we assume, oh, he, he knows, like it's coming, he'll get out. He had no idea, and yet he surrendered that to God, and he was faithful to God, and he found favor even in a prison, in the darkest of places. You can find favor with God even in your darkest place and space. And what I'm getting to is, yes, he came out. He was 30 years old when he began to, to, to rule over the land, like he was put as second in charge. And he named one of his sons um, Manasseh. He had a couple of sons, one of them Manasseh, and it means God made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. He acknowledged that God, even in the place of suffering, made him fruitful. And I want to declare, if you're in a place of suffering this morning, God can still make you fruitful. Fruit comes from being connected to the one, the vine, to Jesus. He can make you fruitful in your place of suffering. It doesn't deny the suffering. It doesn't, it's not that we're pretending that you're, you're in pain or not in pain. Jesus steps in and he can make you fruitful even in that place. Even in that place. Okay, I am nearly done. Um, Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. It's all a matter of focus. It's a matter of where is your vision? Where are your eyes? Have you touched Jesus? Are you continuing to run through the good times and the bad times for Jesus, not for yourself? Run with Jesus, for Jesus, eyes on Jesus. He is the prize. Jesus is the prize. There's no better prize. There's no greater reward than Jesus. At the end of it all, I want to stand before him. I want him to look at me with those eyes and say, well done, Gabby, well done, my good and faithful servant, well done, come in. I want to grab him and hold him and know that I gave it my everything, like my all. All of us have a date, an expiry date, all of us. We live thinking we've got forever because eternity is in our heart and we, it's, it just feels wrong. But not one of us knows when that time is. Like our time will be up. It could be this afternoon. Where are you with Jesus? Where are you with Jesus? Keep it about Jesus. Look at Jesus, hold on to Jesus, run with Jesus. Um, can you guys play that? I've got like a one minute clip and then we're, oh, and we're, we're definitely finishing. Run your race when you fall and when you're broken, just like that, that athlete. He, the crowd began to rise and I hope you felt something of the cloud, the crowd that has gone before us that rises to its feet as we begin to run. As we begin to run, do things happen? Yeah. He pulled his hamstring and I love that the father stepped in. That was his dad and he ran, he, ran, he supported him and helped him to the end. 
He helped him get there. And the Father has sent the promise, the Holy Spirit to help you, that when you fall, He's gonna help you get up and run and finish your race. We don't want one of you to not finish the race that is set and marked out before you. I don't want us as a church to finish, not finish the race. Holy Spirit is gonna come and He's gonna be the helper. He's gonna come and put His arms around you and the crowd cheers on. The crowd is cheering you on. The world is waiting for us to run our race for Jesus. So these two things is how we're going to respond as the worship team are going to start just just playing. Hebrews says, throw off, put off, strip off every weight. We're going to do business in a couple of minutes just here that we have. Do business with God. Put off, throw off the weights, the the stuff. The weights are not not the sin because he says, and the sin, and the sin. In the Passion Translation, it says we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we easily or so easily fall into. Right now, we want to deal with the wounds. The wounds are like tips of arrow and they're, um, sorry, arrow tips. They're toxic. The arrow tips had poison in them. They're toxic. Put off. You have a choice to put off the wounds. You have a choice to throw off the weights. You can't run with the weight. I'm not talking about sickness or when something comes at you. I'm talking about things like disappointment. I'm talking about offense. I'm talking about um, unbelief. I'm talking about unforgiveness. I'm talking about trauma. I'm talking about these things that we carry that actually poison our lives and will actually, some for some of us, will, will cause us to, to leave the race, to give up on the race. And Jesus this morning is saying, put off get rid of them. Will you lay them down? Remember Jesus walking? Ask Him to help you. If you can't do it, say, I want to, but I can't help Jesus. He's going to come and He's going to lovingly remove those things from your life. And the second part is the sin. Get rid of the sin that so easily and cleverly entangles. Sin matters. Sin matters to God. It was sin that that, that he paid a price for that nailed him to the cross it matters it's not a game sin matters but he's given you a way out he's given me a way out it means repent ask Holy Spirit to break that stuff off and say I don't want to do that that's not me anymore that's not me that doesn't bring you glory ask for forgiveness And then we're going to invite the fire of God to come. So just a couple of moments, just a couple of minutes, I want you to just do business with Jesus. Close your eyes so you're not distracted. Don't switch off. Try not to go to your phone. Put it down for a moment. It's not the time to to pick that up. It's the time to do business with Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you show us, invite Him to show you, shine the light on what there is in my life that is weighing me down. And right now, we want to give it over to Him. Picture what that looks like. Give it to Him. Forgive. Give the disappointment and the pain. We give it to you, Jesus. Take it. Give Him the trauma. Give Him the stuff. Holy Spirit, we give 
it all to Jesus this morning. We put off. For some of you, you might need to throw it off. Some of you might need to write those things down and cross them out and cancel them. We throw off the sin and, and the weight, the weights. Thank you, Jesus, that you lovingly remove the tips, the arrow tips that are causing toxic poison to our bodies, our minds, our emotions. Would you lovingly remove those right now? We give you permission. Just tell him that. I give you permission. I give you permission. He wants to heal your soul. He wants to heal your soul. That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. Pride. Give him the pride that you carry. And where there's sin, repent. Where there's sin habits, give them to Jesus. Tell Him you're sorry. Break partnership with that. Say, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. I do not give you permission in my life anymore. I will not partner with you anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are faithful and just to forgive us. this week's message if you have any questions or would like more information please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au